going on? Straight Talk Faithful, your host George McKay, back again in the studio, pre-recorded with another fantastic wrestler in-house. I'm excited to talk to this young gentleman. He is coming up very quickly in the ranks. I actually did get to see him. He may not realize, but I did get to see him at Chinlock back on Father's Day weekend, Chinlock 5. I got to see him in the Rumble. We'll talk about that a little later, but I'm not going to waste any time. Let's welcome the hot stepper, Martin McCray to Straight Talk Wrestling. How are you, sir? I am very good, George. Uh, I will start off by saying it is actually McCray Martin. Oh, a common common misconception. Uh, my, my apologies, McCray Martin. Okay, I'm sorry about <laughs> that. <laughs> well, That's okay. If if I had a dollar for every time someone flipped my name around, I'd be a very rich man. You you probably would be. You probably I, I you just made like two bucks off me, so you're you're already ahead of the game. <laughs> So, McCray, this is always my standard question. If you've listened to the show, you already know where I'm going with this. I like to call this question the defining moment. This is where I ask you how you fell in love with this crazy business that we're going to be talking about today. I knew that question was coming. I am an avid listener of Straight Talk Wrestling. Uh, So, for me, uh, it started with one of my best friends. He had uh, one of the raw versus smackdown video games and that was kind of my introduction to it and uh when i started watching it i remember coming home from hockey and i turned on the tv and monday night raw just happened to be on and in the ring was john cena and the rock and they had made their announcement for the wrestlemania 28 match and shortly after that the core, uh, the faction at the time came out, and they hit the signature moves, the five-knuckle shuffle, the AA, rock bottom, people's elbow, you know the drill. And uh, I remember after they laid out the faction, and they were just staring each other down, and that really captivated me, that just, you could feel the energy from the crowd, from the two individuals in the ring, and from there, I was an avid watcher every single Monday and Friday night. Wow. Wow. That's no, that's one hell of a moment. I mean, I remember that match. There was such a build. There was like a good four or five month build for that match. And you don't see that much anymore in this day and age. It's very hard to get those builds because there really is so much forms to watch now. And we'll get into that a little bit later because I'm interested in your opinion. But I, I definitely love the moment. And um, I myself, uh, I've been a fan of this business since I was knee high to a spit. So I can't say anything, but uh, yeah, that's one heck of a moment. That's that, and those are two legends to captivate you like that. It's it's you can see why everyone who loves this business loves it. It's it's moments like that that count and matter. So you saw that moment, you fell in love with it. You became an avid watcher. When did you decide? Okay, you know what? I'm I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna I'm gonna step into the ring. I'm gonna I'm gonna go for training. And who did you start training with? So uh, I would say shortly after I started watching, uh, I think as most kids do, they they wanted to be a part of it, and I knew from when I was when I basically started watching, I wanted to start wrestling, and so I started my training uh, July of 2018, so last year, and I started with uh, the IWS Dojo in Montreal. And I did a few sessions. It was sometimes difficult living two hours away in Ottawa, trying to make the trip multiple times a week. Um, but shortly after, uh, the Keep opened a school that's run by Evil Uno and Stu Grayson right here in my hometown. So 
what turned into a two-hour drive became half an hour, and the switch was pretty obvious. And uh, I've been with the Keep ever since, and uh, they've really helped mold me into the wrestler I am today. So when you, uh, again, this is, if you're an avid listener, you already know my next question. You got to tell me your reaction to the first bump. I mean, getting in there, getting, I'm always, cause I've never stepped in a ring myself and I want to take a bump and I'm hoping one day I get the opportunity to take a bump. I don't want to get into the ring full time cause I just love talking and interviewing wrestlers and I just like talking to business in general, but I got to experience at one point or not. So you, you got to tell me, man, what was the reaction to falling back for the first time? Uh, it was definitely a shock to the system, that's for sure. Uh, I think for the people who are around me, when I took my first bump, they really hyped it up to make it seem worse than it actually was. So when I took the bump, it was a bit of a shock, but, you know, it didn't stop me from wrestling. And uh, I've taken many bumps since then. And, you know, you just got to make sure as much surface area is hitting that mat and you'll be fine. Uh, I do love seeing the reaction from my friends. They ask, they ask me that same question, like, what's it like to bump in the ring? And your body's not supposed to want to fall. And when I tell them that I'm falling onto thin padding, wood, and steel, <laughs> they just have this dumbfounded look on their face thinking <laughs> that I'm quite the crazy gentleman. But, you know... It's a it's a weird love wrestling. No, it is. I mean, if you love it, you love it. If you don't know about it, then you don't appreciate it. And uh, that's a lot of the things. That's why I, I, I love doing what I do, because I get to educate some people who may not, you know, understand this crazy business. Um, so I actually, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I got to see you at Chinlock 5. Uh, I'm very good friends with Jan Murphy, who runs all of uh, Chinlock. And uh, I got to see you in that Rumble match that they had. I mean, the outcome didn't go your way. But you lasted quite decently. And when I saw you, I did see something special. And I, 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 first off, I, I love the character. I love the name. I love the gimmick. I love the outfits. But I also loved the way you incorporated. I mean, I didn't notice it so much at the point. But the highlights of stuff that I've watched, you really do incorporate some of that breakdancing stuff into your in-ring style, which is great. So in terms of character development, when you were figuring out who you were going to represent, who was McCray Martin going to be? Was the hot stepper the first character that came to mind? Or did you kind of have to go through some, you know, peaks and valleys to figure out who you were going to represent, who you were going to be in that ring? Uh, It's kind of a funny story. So, uh, growing up and even like while I started my training, uh, a dancing character was actually something that I wanted to avoid. And that's just because how they've been portrayed on TV They've always been put in a, a jobber scenario. They've never been taken seriously. You never will look at them and be like, oh, that's going to be a world champion someday. So it was kind of a, something I wanted to avoid it. But my debut literally came out of nowhere. Like I found out I was wrestling less than 24 hours before I debuted. And in my mind, I was thinking... I need something right here, right now. Uh, Whatever I pick, it's got to stick. And so I remember driving to Montreal for, it was an IWS show, and I literally was just like, you know what? I'm going to be a dancer. I'm just going to use my real name. I don't have time to think of a fake name. Uh, And then I searched up uh, dance names, 
and there was a group called the Hot Steppers, and I saw that, I was like, oh, the Hot Stepper, McCray Martin, that's really cool. And so I used that moniker, uh, and then the music came to me, Here Comes the Hot Stepper, I, I found that song. And uh, after I wrestled my first match, I realized how much fun and easy it was to incorporate my dance into wrestling as well. I really could play around with it. I could go more comedy, but I could also go very serious and show off my athleticism. So, and one, and two, uh, once I got to know wrestling a bit better, uh, I realized that wrestling didn't just have to be serious. It, it's an entertainment business. So you play to your strengths and, you know, if the comedy gets a reaction, if my athleticism gets a reaction, you know, I might as well just use that and go with it. And the fact that I have 19 years of dancing experience under my belt, it just, you know, it's kind of like, I always look at it as I became, I trained to be a dancer so I could become a wrestler. I love that. I think that's uh, I think that's a great outlook on on things, and I, I I'm impressed by that. I mean, considering you're 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 still only a year into the business, that's that's wise knowledge, well beyond your you know well beyond your your capabilities right now, just because you're only you're only about a year in, a year and a half in. But um, you're yeah. right. You know what? To go back to the dancing characters for a second, you're right. I mean, there's two that come to mind. You've got Fandango, and you've got uh, No Way Jose. That those are the two that kind of stick out in my mind right now. And you're right, they're both kind of played as jobbers. I mean, Fandango, impressive athlete, never really got the chance. They stuck him with Tyler Breeze with that whole fashion police thing. I thought that was a complete fiasco. And no way, Jose, I do like the conga line, but I know that if that guy's given the opportunity, he has some impressive, impressive power and speed that he doesn't get to utilize. And you're right, I just did an episode uh, about two, not three episodes back from uh, when yours is going to drop with uh, Psycho Mike. And him and I talked in depth about the comedy wrestling. And it's it's a genre of wrestling that I love now that's getting kind of a semi-resurgence because you've got guys like Joey Ryan who are like the King of Dong style. I've seen him twice now at indie shows and that stick is hilarious. You've got RJ City, uh, uh, you know, the, the Peacock Dalton. Uh, they are Dalton Castle. They're the, and Psycho Mike, uh, you know, Cody Diener from Impact. The list goes on and on and on. And, and, and the comedy wrestling, I feel, is something that's underutilized in this business today. And I really wish that promoters would give it more of a chance. So if you're advocating for, you know, the dancing side of you plus the comedic side of you, bravo for that, man. Stick with that because, believe me, indie fans, wrestling fans, we appreciate the comedy aspect of it because it gives us a break from some sometimes the over-seriousness of it. And that's what, what re-wrestling fans, we really do gravitate towards. So kudos to you for the comedy wrestling. But I guess that brings my next question up. Do you feel as well that because your, your character, you've got the dance and you've got the comedy aspect kind of incorporated in it together, do you feel that the comedic wrestling should get more of a chance with promoters? Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent agreed. Um, all those people that you just listed off are huge inspirations for me, just because they too especially got me into comedy wrestling. And, you know, it's funny when I started looking at shows like this. When you look at a show, there's usually nine matches. And the common misconception is that moves and spots is what gets you over. So you could watch 
a nine match show and let's say six of those matches had dives it's going to be very hard after the show when you walk out the building to remember who did which dive and you know which got the biggest reaction or blah 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 and a lot of the times the dives are the same but when you look at comedy wrestling it really focuses on moments in the match um I'm going to use uh, one of my matches, for example, uh, just because it's easy. Uh, I wrestled Puff. It was myself versus Puff uh, at a C4 Underground show. And, you know, there was very little wrestling, as you can assume, when it's myself and Puff. But I had people keep telling me, it's like, it wasn't the best wrestling match on the, of the night, but it was the most memorable. And I had people coming up to me and say, oh, I loved the the shimmy spot that you did or I love the tango spot that you did or all these different moments that we had that are still talked about and uh, going back to one of the people you mentioned uh, Joey Ryan when you have Joey Ryan on a show literally you don't remember a single thing in that match besides someone grabbing his dick and <laughs> getting flipped so it's really what I've discovered is that wrestling is more about the moments and what's what are people going to remember not just about this big spot fest or you know how many times you chop an opponent it's really that character and story that you create is what captivates audiences and what they're going to walk away remembering you know what you you couldn't have said anybody yourself you're right if you ask if you if you look up the definition of wrestling in Webster's dictionary it really should say moments because if you think about any if I spout off any Wrestlemania to you you probably won't be able to remember a, mo a match full out but you'll be able to remember a moment from those matches uh -huh. I mean let's just do a little let's just do a little game for fun have you I mean getting into it so you've been watching for a while you talked about Wrestlemania 26 I'm assuming you watch Wrestlemania every year Let's talk yes. last year's WrestleMania. You don't have to name a match, but can you recall a moment that made you go, man, that was that was sweet? Uh, Kofi Kingston winning the WWE Championship. That was awesome, uh, considering how much time uh, they put into building it. Uh, Seth Rollins uh, hitting Brock Lesnar in the dick. Um, <laughs> there's been a lot of dick talking on this podcast. I really love it. There's been a, there's been a lot of cock talk for sure, hundred <laughs> percent. Cock talk, that's so good. Um, but those are, I mean, I think those are two big moments. Oh, uh, the first ever women's WrestleMania main event with uh, Becky Lynch, Charlotte, and uh, Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think those are like the big ones that like really when you think about well when I think about WrestleMania 35 like those three specifically stick out for me. No, a hundred percent. Those are the three that obviously ring true for me too because I myself I have two daughters who I, I love to death and I talk about them frequently on the show and I I, I love the fact that there's this huge uh, you know resurgence in in women's wrestling that women are breaking down barriers every day. And they're kicking ass. They're taking names. I, I say it all the time, but I'll preach it till the end of time. I love that you know wrestling is the only kind of sport uh, out there that is uh, really pushing women to the forefront. And I just wish, 
And this segues so perfectly to my next question. See, see, McCray, we're just fluid right now. We're fluid. We're just, we're just going with the motion. I love it. I love it. So this, this actually goes to my next question. Uh, in your short career thus far, have you had an intergender match yet? If you have, with who? If you haven't, is there a female, you know, wrestler on the indie scene that you would love to get into the ring with and work with if you had the opportunity? So, uh, I kind of had an intergender match. Uh, I'll explain. So, I was uh, at one of my local promotions, Acclaim for Wrestling. It was myself, uh, KL Shock, who you will have seen at uh, Chinlock, uh, Polly Platinum, and we wrestled hashtag the best and Jesse Mack. Uh, now, Jesse Mack uh, and I didn't have a lot of interaction between the two of us in the match, but uh, I did uh, dip her, uh, and I went Mia Moore, and then I whipped her into Shock's arms, and then they started slow dancing. Wrestling's weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so that, that's, as far as intergender goes, that's the closest I've come so far. Uh, as far as uh, women's wrestlers, I'd love to wrestle. Um, Jesse Mack, I would love to have a match with her. Casey Spinelli is one. My girl. Uh, My girl, Casey. Yeah, both of them. I love both of them to death. They're, oh, they're, they're <laughs> fantastic people. Uh, oh, Rosemary. Rosemary would be an interesting one to, to wrestle just because... Uh, you know, you have a dancing character versus a demonic character. I feel like there's some very interesting dynamics you could play with there. Um, let's see. There's, there's, there's a lot of great women's wrestlers out there. It's kind of hard to just pinpoint specific ones. Right, but I think, um, I think your short list right there was, uh, was pretty epic. I mean, I've, I've had so many conversations with Casey. Her and I, I consider her, you know, one of my paisans. I mean, we share that recess bond. You know, she's Spinelli. I'm definitely TJ Detweiler. I pride myself on that. I always got into all kinds of trouble. All kinds of trouble. So I pride myself on that. And, yeah, definitely Jesse Mack. I mean, I had a great conversation with her. And she is just, uh, she's just, they're, they're just sweethearts. But in the ring, they are beasts. They can literally break it down, tear you apart 20 different ways, and smile that gorgeous smile that they both have, and all you want to do is just say, yeah, okay, you can hurt me some more. I'm okay with that. I'm okay. Just keep, <laughs> keep smiling at me. I love it. No, I think your short list is great, but there's one person who I think you would work out with well, and it's one woman on the scene that I think, given the opportunity if you two ever met, would be a dynamite intergender match, and I would have to say that would be Masha Slamovich, and the reason why I say that is because she is so tough. Her strength is just incredible. I've seen some of the stuff that she could pull off. I've watched her in the ring literally decimate opponents. And uh, the whole time, she kicks ass, and she looks fantastic doing it. And because she's so stone-cold, you know, she represents that Russian, you know, stone-faced moniker, I think you and her would play off so well against each other. So if there are any promoters out there, listen to the host when I say this, book it. Shut up and book it and take everybody's money because that match would be something I would like to see. What do you think about that? What are your thoughts? I, I definitely second that. Uh, I actually just watched a match of hers. Uh, I saw her uh, beat the living hell out of Lil Blay, who's uh, <laughs> recently become a good friend of mine. Uh, and I remember watching that and I'm thinking, you know, I would, love, I would love to wrestle her, but at the same time, 
I don't know if I want to wrestle her. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a kind of a, a fear excitement reaction. Where it's like, oh, this would be a really cool experience for the fans, but man, I would probably get my ass kicked. <laughs> And you know what though? I, I would pay to see that. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I would pay hundred percent to see that. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned Little Blake because I had him on the show, and when I interviewed him, uh, he was fantastic. Great talent. I've seen him wrestle a couple of times, and I, I love the character. I love everything about it. Much like yours, uh, it's just a lot of fun. And uh, but again, you both can handle your own in the ring. And that's what a lot of people need to realize. Character is character, but learning how to handle yourself in that ring is wrestling 101. And both of you can definitely do that. But when I interviewed him, I mentioned, I was like, you know, what are you looking forward to upcoming? And he hadn't had his match with you yet, but he mentioned you. He's like, I'm looking forward to taking on the hot stepper. Uh, I'm ready to get into the ring. And he mentioned you, and uh, I actually was able to see a clip of that match a couple days ago, right before we set this up. And uh, I got to say, man, that was probably my favorite little Blay match that I've seen thus far. I, I really want to. I really want to tip my hat off to both of you in that one because it was it was a great great match. No, oh, well, well, thank you very much. I mean, uh, I I known about that match about five months in advance, uh, so I have been really hyped up for it. And then, especially when they announced it, I was like, okay, finally, it's getting closer. And you know, we. Uh, we definitely threw some shade back and forth. Uh, we were on a podcast. Uh, we were on the Alliance Pro Wrestling Network. Uh, at the same time, just throwing shots at one another. And, you know, we did everything that we could to build up the match. And then, you know, when it finally came came time, I really felt like we delivered. And it was, it was a lot of fun, uh, mainly because, obviously, our characters – are very similar. Like I always kind of look at Lil Blay as the antithesis of me. Like I kind of went more the, I guess like Superman path as far as performing arts, while he went down towards more like the Joker. So it was more straight edge. He was more kind of rebellious. And so uh, it's definitely one of the most colorful matches uh, on the scene, I would say. Um, but yeah, I mean, we did a lot of character stuff. Uh, we showcased our athleticism. Uh, I think that that match too. I think is one of my. It's definitely one of my favorites, mainly because I really felt like I was starting to come into my own as a pro wrestler, and it was really the first opportunity that I really got to showcase everything I could do uh, from an athletic standpoint. And uh, at the end of it, he uh, he got the better of me, but. Uh, we hugged it out. We did the damn dance together, and uh, I believe a, a friendship is now formed from that. And isn't that something special that you can once you, you go into a ring, you you throw all kinds of shade, you build up a match, you get in a ring, you literally throw each other around like rag dolls, you drop each other on it like you said, padding wood and steel. You are exhausted by the end of it, but then you look at each other, and you know a, a brotherhood, a friendship is born out of that. I mean, that's got to be one of the... You don't see that too often. You see respect given in a lot of sports, but I see... The most time that I see sportsmanship is really in the sport of wrestling. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's... Uh, I think as, especially as performers, we understand all the hard work and dedication that we put into this business to help not only ourselves grow, but for the whole business 
to grow. And so when you put on performances that are not only special to you, but to the fans, uh, it really, it, it, it makes you emotional just because you know what it's building towards. You know what it's helping. Uh, you know it's helping the business. And so it's kind of like you get that camaraderie from it. And so I, I 100% agree. Like this is a, it's a business that, even though we work as individuals and we're our, our own product, at the end of the day, we're still a team because at the end of the day, we're doing what well, we want to do what's best for pro wrestling. 100%, man. I, I got to say, the wisdom the wisdom that you have, the way you carry yourself, it's fantastic. I think, I think uh, I'm going to see you, your, your name in bright lights, even brighter than they already are, very, very soon. And, you know, we've had so much fun so far. We've, we've talked cock. We've talked little play. We've talked. Uh, you know, we've talked great female talent on the Canadian indie scene, and actually the indie scene in general, because a lot of these women are are kicking butts in the states too. But let's get serious for a second. I want to ask you a question because I'm intrigued about this because I think I think you could probably answer this question stronger than anybody else. I look at the state of wrestling right now. And I look at this year alone and all the craziness that has happened from AEW uh, coming on the scene uh, and just blowing things out of water. All of a sudden I see WWE, you know, changing their, getting off the couch, being lazy into actually starting to give a shit again about their fans. And then I look at, you know, Impact Wrestling and how fantastic they're moving forward with their product. I look at ROH, I look at New Japan Pro, I look at all these facets, I look at the indie scene that's just just blown up with so much talent and how honored I am to sit down and have a chance to talk to all of you guys and all of you girls that, that literally give your time to me every week on this show. But I look at some things as head scratchers still. We talked about Kofi Kingston, we talked about that build, how much they built it up for him to get that WrestleMania run. Then you look at two months ago, where they literally had him drop the title on a Friday night SmackDown in 11 seconds to frickin' Brock Lesnar. Probably the most boring wrestler next to Randy Orton in the ring because watching paint dry is more exciting than watching these guys. And I say this, I say this, McCray, because it's the truth. And that's what I am on Straight Talk Wrestling. I'm straight up and I'm honest and I'm to the point. And these guys are two guys that have so much amazing ability in the ring, but they're just both boring. And I look yeah. at AEW and what they're doing, but the extremes they're going to. Like, did you watch Full Gear? Did you watch the latest pay-per-view that happened uh, about since when this interview will drop about a month ago? Did you watch that at all? Uh, I did watch Full Gear. Uh, I was I was hoping uh, I was hoping my two trainers uh, would make an appearance, but they didn't. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. They'll um, get there. But <laughs> they'll be there. But no, um, no Full Gear. Uh, man, it was. It, it, AEW to me is something else. I mean, from double or nothing all the way to now, I've been nothing but impressed by what they're doing. Uh, and especially full gear. I mean, how much blood is Cody Rhodes going to lose <laughs> for this company? Like, Well, hey, man, you got to bleed for your company, my friend. you got to bleed for your company. <laughs> he's, he's literally, it's literally blood, sweat, and tears for that man. Uh, when it comes to AEW, and it's it's phenomenal. Um, but yeah, and then uh, John Moxley versus Kenny Omega was uh, was definitely a standout for for me, just because uh, it was unsanctioned, and we saw 
John Moxley get back into an element that he was that he's very familiar with through his work on the independent scene and something that he had stepped away from for so long because of uh, restrictions. You could say, yeah, com- company restrictions. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And uh, we saw Kenny Omega in an environment that we've never really seen him in before. And we're used to him seeing him having you know more straight edge. 45-minute wrestling clinics while this one was kind of, you know, how many things in this building can I hit you with or put you through? And so that was, it was just, it was very different. It's very, and that's what I like about AEW, it's different. It's a wrestling program. It's trying to give you the best wrestling possible with some of the best wrestlers on the planet. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, full gear, Absolutely, absolutely loved it. Yeah, I, I did too. You're right. It was a great pay-per-view all around, 100% for sure. But I, I, I'm looking at the extreme situations that these guys are putting themselves in. I mean, every time you step in the ring, you're taking time off your life. There are always risks. And uh, mm-hmm. we've seen the risks firsthand. We've seen injuries happen. But I'm, I'm just talking about the extremes that AEW is going to, I think, to get that viewership when I don't think they have to. The product's fresh, it's new, it's there. Don't get me wrong, I love the John Moxley-Kenny Omega match. I think that's a match of the year candidate, uh, for sure, hands down. I'll never look at a mousetrap the same, 100%. But <laughs> I, 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 I'm talking about the extremes, and I'm talking about the, the peaks and valleys that we're experiencing this year. There's been so many highs, but there's been so many lows. And I think the state of wrestling... You know, I try to do an episode once a year, I like to call it the state of, the re- state of wrestling address where I sit down and get all the the shit off my chest that I'm thinking about in this business. And that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Vince McMahon needs to go somewhere and retire or possibly go to sleep and never wake up. And Triple H needs to take over. Needs to take over quickly because NXT is flourishing, but WWE is floundering as SmackDown Uh product and the Raw product. And we're seeing that. We're seeing that now. And you know why? Because every time I watch a Raw or a SmackDown, as we build, as we're, well, we're building up Survivor Series, but now that when this interview drops, Survivor Series will long be passed. And I see Uh the same thing. I see Triple H walking out there and bringing everybody that was brought up that Vince McMahon ruined and bringing them back to NXT. Finn Balor, Kevin Owens. He's taking them all, he's making them offers and he's bringing them back. So this is where my question comes into you. When seeing all these pieces move and seeing all these things happening, seeing the extremes AEW is going towards, what's your thoughts on the year of 2019 as wrestling as a whole? As we get to the end of the year, when this interview drops, Christmas will only be two weeks away and the year will be over. So in terms of that, as we move into 2020, where do you think we can go from here in terms of the wrestling business? Well, uh, you brought up uh, you brought up some very good points. How wrestling has definitely seen a lot of highs and a lot of lows this year, as as is every year. But this year, this year felt kind of special because wrestling, from me, I mean, from my perspective, and I think it's mutually agreed that, especially independent wrestling, really only started to get this super high build over the past two years. And you know, this year we have a new wrestling company that can compete with WWE on a financial level and you know that was a that's a huge step for for wrestling and everything that the company has done so far has been fantastic and uh you know you're right they are AEW is going to some 
huge extremes. But I think if they do it both as a as a way to show that they're different, but at the same time, I think they also kind of love it. I think that they could tone it down if they wanted to, but I don't think they want to. I think they like going at the speed. I think they love bringing all this action to it right away. Um, moving on from AEW, uh, Impact uh, is now on Access TV as of this year, which is absolutely phenomenal. Um, as much crap as Impact is given uh, because of a previously bad reputation over the years, Scott DeMore, Don Callis, that whole group has spent the past two years really trying to rebuild the brand, and I think they've done it very well. And I think Impact is now going to be one of the top promotions in the world again. It's going to be seen and loved by many. And then WWE, uh, I'll be completely honest, uh, WWE is something that I don't watch regularly, and it's, it's not because... I don't, I'm not anti-WWE, it's just that there's times where there's there's better wrestling out there, in my opinion. Like, it's very, for me, it's subjective. Where it's like, I'm only going to watch wrestling that appeals to me. And a lot of things in WWE don't necessarily, but I mean, I love going back. Like, I love watching guys like Ricochet. Ricochet is one of my favorites. Aleister Black, uh, Buddy Murphy, uh, Mustafa Ali, Daniel Bryan. Like, those, like, those... Guys in particular, like I'll watch their those matches because I know they'll have good matches. Oh, don't forget about like, um, for me. I agree with you there, hundred percent. I don't watch WWE all the time, but my favorite guy right now is I'm a big fan of the dark characters, man. And I have a serious he doesn't know it, but I have a serious bromance with the fiend. That guy's my best friend. Oh, I love yes, that guy. Yes. When he came I, out, I, I was at to. I was at SummerSlam. And when he came out, my nine-year-old daughter came with us. She's now 10. Uh, light of my life, my, my oldest, Cassandra, she came with us. And when he came out, she was so scared, she was closing her eyes. Me? I looked like a kid who had just seen Santa Claus for the first time. I looked up, I had a big smile on my face. I'm like, I went turn over to my wife. I'm like, babe, babe, they, 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 I, I love everything right now. I, this is euphoric. <laughs> you know what I mean? And she's like, she's like, she's like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, no, is this the greatest fucking character ever? And I just, I love the build. I understand the head-scratcher of Hell in the Cell. I get why it was done, but it was still a very weird ending. But I love that now they put the title on him, and I love that they're, they're once, they, once a character gets his own kind of name graphic and gets to design his own title, you know he's in for a very, very long title run. I, I mean, I, I love The Fiend, especially because knowing what Bray Wyatt has been through as far as, like, how his character was built up so strongly, but then Destroyed. has been quickly buried because he's never won any of his major storylines. And again, like I can't complain because at the end of the day, I'm not a writer. I don't make the decisions at WWE, but I mean, it's it's my opinion. But The Fiend, man, I don't know what happened to Mr. Rogers, but he just got fucked by the devil. Like... <laughs> 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 oh, we went we went from talking cock to now being ass raped by the devil. Where are we going here, McRae? Where are we going? Uh, I, I don't know. This is your this is your show. I was just kind of contributing to, you, to your questions. Um, but no, it's like when he came out as the children's TV show host, I was like, okay, there's a lot of potential for this. I really like it. And then the feed, I was like, whoa, what? Wait, wait, what is going on? And the mask. Oh, the mask is. 
Oh, it's so beautiful. It's, it's sexy like, as hell, right? It's gorgeous. It is gorgeous. Right? It, yes. It like and it, it encapsulates like everything about what Bray Wyatt should have been. Like that entity. Like you look at him as like that is an entity. That is not human. That is not normal. And but then the fact that he still goes to the uh, the children's TV show host. It's kind of like when Kane. You know, he would be corporate cane on mask, but then put the mask back on, except the extremities is much bigger. Like, you have a very innocent children's TV show host, and it's like, oh, I'm going to take 12 curve stomps and, and get right back out to yeah. every single one of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think you I think you answered the question beautifully. I think you hit the nail on the coffin. Uh, this, this year has definitely been that kind of peak and valley year. But I'm excited for 2020. I'm excited to see what comes to the table. And, you know, one of my favorite pay-per-views is just around the corner. I'm a big fan of the Royal Rumble. I always love the surprises. Uh, you know, CM, pa- CM Punk is, is kind of back. He's not really back with WWE, but he is on a WWE show on Fox. So there could be a door opening there. Who knows? I mean, it would be nice to see another pipe bomb. But I don't think we're going to get that because uh, there's a lot of mending of that bridge that definitely has to be done. That bridge wasn't only burnt, it was, uh, you know, a nuclear bomb was dropped on that bridge between CM Punk and WWE. But my next question for you is, you did, let's go back to the dancing character for a second. Because you mentioned how they're never really taken seriously. And you're obviously a face. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen you portray a heel yet. But given the circumstances of your character, uh, considering that he is, you know, the kind of fun, loving, you know, dancing character, but he can also, you know, handle his own in the ring. If the opportunity to play heel ever uh, was presented to you, would you take that, or would you still want to ride that face wave for a bit? Uh, I have played heel a couple of times, but uh, only like as one-offs for small, very, very small promotions. Right. Um, I would like to experiment with some heel work with my character. Um, like you said, like I'm on face pretty much everywhere and, uh, I'm enjoying, I'm riding the wave. Uh, I do, I wouldn't be surprised if after a few years, you know, the, the hot temper gimmick gets a little boring, but that's, I mean, but that's how wrestling works, right? You know, you're the talk of the town for a few years, your popularity starts to die down. You got to reinvent yourself. You got to change things up. So, I'm I'm not afraid of change. I'd be more than happy to play a heel character if that's what would keep me relevant. And uh, I have some ideas that I'm still working working on. Um, thankfully, I have great trainers like Uno and Stu who have been in the game for a long time and have played characters their entire career to kind of help me go towards the right direction when that time comes. I kind of look at I kind of look at it as oh I kind of just be become more arrogant, be a bit more pompous, maybe less breakdancing, more classical forms of dancing, mm. uh, and being very, very elegant and slow with my movements. And I think uh, if I just belittle the crowd, you know, act like I'm, act as most dancers do, acting like they're better than everybody else, uh, I, I think I think it would work. So do I, actually. You know what? I didn't. I didn't really see it that way but yeah you know what like i said man fluidity you're killing it i love it um so again back to character uh you know 
obviously a big promotion is in the hopes and in the dreams for every wrestler that they go to. Uh, let's be honest, um, WWE, you'd flounder. They'd probably stick you with Fandango or No Way Jose. Uh, AEW is a definite possibility where I think your character would grow. But you know where I really think you would shine? And I only say this because you're a proud Canadian and they're a proud Canadian organization. Scott Demore and everything he's doing with Impact Wrestling, him and Gail Kim. Bringing it up again, you know, giving it that fire, that life. I think you would fit the mold well with Impact. And the reason why I say this is because there's so much talent there, man. Oh, I could see you versus Sammy Callahan. You versus Tesha Blanchard. You versus Josh Alexander and taking a chop from him and him breaking your chest. I could see you, tu- I could see you touching Joey Ryan's dick. <laughs> so I, I think I mean in my opinion I think your character would flourish in an impact wrestling environment and I also think a strong second would be AEW but I just I'd have to see where they would place you and I hope that they get another title in there soon because there is so much potential like they need to give me something like an impact title or like you know a next gen title or something like that but what do you think on my thoughts? Am I am I far off, or am I thinking Impact Impact would be a nice home for the hot stepper one day? George, you completely read my mind. Uh, I was I was kind of preparing for a similar question of you know where would I like to end up, and I was ready to answer Impact Wrestling uh, because uh, going back to what I said uh, earlier, uh, Impact has done so much to rebuild that reputation that they had from making poor mistakes in the past and uh i've had the pleasure of working uh, a couple tv tapings just as like ring crew and uh security and i remember having so much fun and just talking to management talking to the talent talking to other wrestlers there uh it made and like, getting to witness the production as a whole made me appreciate everything that they're doing even more and uh, I definitely think Impact is only going up. And I would love to be a part of that company and help it grow even more. And uh, going on to what you said, all those people that you listed, uh, Sammy Callahan, Tessa Blanchard. Tessa Blanchard, another women's wrestler I love to wrestle or just talk about musicals with. I know she loves musicals. So do I. So I think we just have a time together. Um and uh, Willie Mack is someone I love to wrestle. Uh, but you brought up a very interesting name, and that's Josh Alexander. And I've had the pleasure of tussling with Mr. Josh Alexander. And yes, his chops are no joke. They hurt. <laughs> I asked him lot. to give me one. Every time I see him, I'm like, give me a chop. He's like, I'm not going to do it. I'm like, come on, man. Do you, hate, do you hate yourself, George? I mean, <laughs> I ask this genuinely. I have, that, that man is... So good in the race. Like, so, so good. Oh, yeah. When you name uh, yourself like I, the walking weapon, it's the damn fucking truth. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, when I first started watching indie wrestling, like, my first show was a C4 show, and he was in the main event in a, a six-way for the title, and his presence, his look, his moveset, uh, he's uh, obviously very different from my character, but man, he he was one of my he still is one of my favorites, and um, sharing the ring with him was was something very special for me. 
Well, you know what? I, 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 I have to take a look out for that match. I got to see if I can find that thing on YouTube. It's probably definitely worth the watch. And uh, you're right, man. And I, I, I think... I think that uh, if you've had the chance to, if you've gone into a ring with Jocks Alexander and you've lived to tell the tale, then my friend, you've already had a great, great career so far. And that's the truth of the matter. Well, Mr. McCray, sir, this has been an absolute blast. I've had so much fun talking with you. I wish we could talk more, but you know what? I want to go upstairs and spend some time with the family. <laughs> oh, of course. Of no. course. I actually, uh, it's funny. It's, uh we're talking about training and everything. I'm actually going to training after this. Well, there you go. So I don't want to hold you up from training. Moves. Yeah, I don't want to hold you up from training. But I do want to give you an early Christmas gift, considering you're going to be my first episode in December. I want to give you an early Christmas gift. And the early Christmas gift is that you are now officially a part of the Straight Talk family. It's been such a blast talking with you. We're going to have to do it again soon. Anytime you want to get back on the show, you call me or anytime you're in the GTA and I'm available, we're going to sit down face-to-face, man, and we're going to have another conversation because this was absolutely, I had a blast. I hope you had fun, too. Man, I, I had so much fun. This is uh, this is only my second podcast ever, so uh, you were a great host. Thank you very much. I had, I can't even describe how much fun I had. This is just fun just talking cock and uh, <laughs> shooting the shit and Doing all that fun wrestling stuff. Yeah, and if anybody from Impact Wrestling is listening, and I know a couple people in that organization, Scott Demore's a friend of mine on Facebook. We haven't officially spoken, but he's a friend of mine on Facebook. And I also know Ben Ormans, who uh, he runs Crossbody Pro Wrestling, but he also works very closely backstage at Impact Wrestling. And anybody who's listening, give this man a shot. Don't let him work ring crew. Don't let him work security. Put him in the ring, because this dude is something special. McCray, it's it's a blast. Again, you're always welcome on the show. Thank you so much for taking up the time today. Go go learn some more hot step and moves. Go learn to kick ass better. Go learn to give a chop just like Josh Alexander. So the next time you face him in the ring, you can <laughs> chop him just as hard as you did. Oh, well, thank you very much, George. And uh, I hope to do this again. Absolutely. You take care. Enjoy the rest of your night. Goodbye. Bye. What can I say, guys? I love talking wrestling. There's nothing better than doing that. And when you're doing that with an up-and-coming talent like McCray Martin, things are huge. Things are skyrocketing. This is a great way to get into the, uh, the month of December. And I want to let everybody know now that I'm going to be dropping another one, maybe two episodes. And then I'm going to be taking a much-needed Christmas break with the family. And I'll be coming back second week of January with another great episode, as I always do. So... As always, stay tuned to the socials. I'm not going to give you a hint for next week's episode. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So always follow the socials. Stay tuned. And as always, I am your host, Roy McKay. Thank you so much for listening. And take care. See you guys next week. Peace. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for another episode on Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. Also follow us on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And for all our merchandise, you can search us on ProWrestlingTees.com.